0: Don't you know that most of the hymns that we sing is from struggles
1: and battles of life that people went through? Only a few read the stories of those hymns. All right, if you could stand, please. We're going to continue with, uh, with our um, series on, the, um, where was I? I need to get my message here. Okay, on the minds, and if you turn to the book of Acts, chapter 17 and uh, verse 34 Acts 17 34 let's look at God's word and see what the Lord is telling us tonight <clears throat> I'll get there Acts Seventeen 34. I'm almost there isn't that nice when you flip the pages of God's Word and make this wonderful noise? <laughs> okay, there it is. It says, how certain men clave unto him and believe. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Very short, but Lord, the word believe is a strong word. May we believe in your truths. May we believe in your promises. May you believe on who you are, Lord of all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, <clears throat> we're going to do a series, What's on Your Minds? And tonight we're going to look at a captured mind. A captured mind. We're going to look at different types of minds, and today we come to this one. And this is about a, I came out with 14 different minds. And we're going to look at each one of them. Uh, and tonight we come to this one. So there was a pastor friend of mine. You, uh, and he was uh, actually my pastor. Uh, you went to pay a visit to a couple who came to one Sunday uh, to one one of our church's service. He uh, rang the doorbell, and before the time, uh, before no time, he was sitting on their living room talking to the, to this couple about the Lord and his salvation. After some time, he invited them to put their their uh, trust and faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Uh, They answered him by saying that they were not ready for such a commitment. A bit disappointed, he said. He was was fixing to, to, to get up and leave. And he said, I was very disappointed on that. When a voice coming from another room said, Pastor, Pastor, I'm ready. He said, I looked towards the room where the voice came and I saw this old lady. So looking at her. Uh, uh, looking at me, she said, "Pastor, I heard what you have spoken about Jesus and His salvation." And she said, "I'm ready." Amen. My pastor friend continued. I went, I went there. There, uh, um, I'm sorry. I went there to witness to two people. They heard the message but rejected. But there was another. In another room, there was an old grandmother. who heard the message, received it with joy, and got saved. Amen. Folks. That's what happened with the gospel message. What we share with people, some receive it with joy and gratitude, others reject it. I like the way this chapter ends right here, because it ends in a positive note. The chapter, we're going to look at this. While some hardened the message of God that Paul preached, others look, look, uh, took heed to the message. the same thing. Some mocked Paul in his message, but others stopped to listen and accept it. Uh, stopped, listened, and accepted. I'm sorry. Folks, this, this world is full of false religions. If you come to our Sunday school class, you know what we do, and we're looking at world religions. We just finished one. We're going to start on another one this uh, next Sunday, and it's about world religion. And we say, well, so what well, about world religions? And thousands of people are being deceived. Thousands upon thousands of people. Because they, they they think that they have the right, and a lot of them, they even uh, genuinely say, like, I believe that, since, try to be sincere, but they're not. But, they, but they're but being deceived, I'm sorry. So, some mocked Paul in his message, but others stopped to listen, and they stopped, they listened, and they accepted. So, this, fo- folks, like I said, um, our world is full of false teachers, false information, on which is leading thousands of people in the wrong spiritual path of life. Let me put it this way. All right, if you are one of this that like electronics, like likes iPads and likes uh, iPhones, let me tell you something. Not everything you see on the internet is true. Okay, stick with your Bible. Read your Bible. See what God says in His Word, because there's a lot of deceivers on those things yeah. and they will deceive you they might they probably deceive themselves and they will deceive you they have all kinds of philosophies and ideas and a lot of them use they use Bible to back them up and if you don't understand what the Bible says you will believe them look what I said listen to me when somebody to gives you a verse that verse has to be within context of its passage if it's not in context with the passage then that verse could be twisted and when it's twisted, it's not saying what it really means. Amen. So that's when people get in trouble. Oh, I heard that verse. I know what God says. Well, a lot of verses I taken out of context. And when we look at almighty Google and think, oh, Google knows everything, we have to be careful because everything that is on the Internet is put by the mind of man. Man puts it there. Yeah. All right? So we need to be careful with that. So folks, like I said, this world is full, full of false religions, false teachers, people that are looking at things for themselves. Get this, God wants to capture our minds with truth. And he wants us to find the truth, accept the truth, and listen to this, and live by the truth. Okay? In this world, there's a lot of, of, a lot of deceit, personal agendas, backstabbers, liars, corrupt people who will teach you the opposite of truth. God, on the other hand, wants you to wants to capture your mind with truth. Get this. That's why it's so important that we read God's word. That's why it's so important that we we listen to the right preaching and teaching of God's word. Otherwise, we're going to be our mind's going to get be corrupted and polluted by false teachers. I tell you what. All for 18 years of my life, I listened to teachers or teaching that contradict the scripture. I didn't know. I was being genuine. He tells somebody, open the Bible and show me the truth. And when I began to read my Bible and began to see, I began to question those things that I was taught. And today it's really easy to find. They open their mouth, they're like, oh, well, yeah, you're not telling the truth. So, get this, this world and all of its influences have been in control of our thoughts for too long. I think there is a time, it's time to change our minds. I think there's a time to bring into captivity our thoughts. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians, actually go there, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Look what it says in there. And we all, you know, daydream, we all think, all the defend things, we all think wicked many times, but look what it says. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You see, it's very clear what God says here. We have to, to bring into captivity all those thoughts that doesn't bring, doesn't bring uh, exaltation to the Lord. It's like casting down uh, uh, imagination, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, God is all-knowing. Nobody knows more than God knows, and we think sometimes that so and so, so and so, so and so knows more than God knows. We were there when God created everything. Where were they? It's amazing what people say and think, and people believe those things. Where were you? Even Jesus, even the Lord tells us to, to Job. Job, where were you when I laid the foundations with the earth? Were you were there? Goodness, you know, people say all kinds of things. You know, Who were you? Who was I? I was born the other day. I think I know more than God. I don't. As we continue our series, What is in your mind? Tonight I want to preach on the subject, a captured mind. Let's look at the subject from several points tonight. Okay? Let us, number one, if you, have, if you want to follow the outline, a captured mind begins with openness. You see, usually people say that we, we Christians have a closed and narrow mind because of what we believe. Do we? All right. Get me here. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up in a Bible like they like to say. I lived my life like everybody else for 32 years of my life. I know what the world teaches. I got saved. I can talk the way they do. I can think the way they do because I've been there. I didn't, you know, I didn't, got saved as a kid. You know, I don't know. No, I know what's going on. You know what? We're going to get into this. They think that they know it all, that they have arrived to a point that they say, I'm all set. When I die, I'm going to heaven because I deserve to be there. So in a sense, they feel bad for us not, for not thinking the way they do. Okay? What they don't really understand is, is that we have been there where they are. I've been there. Some of you maybe didn't been there. So we used to think the way they do. We used to live the way they live. But praise the Lord, we've been transformed by the power of the gospel. We were We are new creatures, new creation. We have heard the truth, and and the truth has been set us free. We understand where they are. We understand the way they think. We understand the way they live, but they don't understand the way we live. Then they called you close-minded. We understand where those who are lost, we understand their sin, we understand their condition, but they don't understand where uh we are why because it is not us that have a closed mind they do Amen. our minds have been transformed our minds have been made new who uh who really have a closed and narrow minds are those who continually reject jesus for their salvation they think they are okay because of their closed mind but they are not they think they are going to heaven because of their good works but they because of their closed mind, they will not. They think that they are going to heaven because of their religion affiliation. But they have their closed mind and they think they were taking them out. They will not get there. You see, the opposite of a worldly mind and a Christian mind. You see that? We've been transformed. Our minds have been changed. We think differently. Letter A, we see a desire to mature. When verse 34 speaks of some that clave unto him, it means that they were open mind to the truth that Paul was preaching. They were hungry for the word and wanted more. What a joy to find people who are hungry for God's word. You have that hunger in their heart and their mind and they, and they want to fill their mind and heart with the Word of God. What a joy it is when we find people who listen to the Word of God and accept the Word of God and we see trying to live the Word of God. What a joy when we see Christians with their inner desire to mature spiritually in the Word of God. Look what it says. Actually go to Psalm 119 verse 18. What a great psalm right here. Go, go there and see what the Lord says. In there, but what a joy to see people who really believe in the word of God and say, I know what I believe, I know what I accepted, I know the God of the Bible, I want to please him, I want to live for him. Look what says in Psalm 119, verse 18, open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. In verse 19 says, I am a stranger in the earth, why he says a stranger in the earth? Because he has an open mind. Hide not thy commandments. From me. Listen, when we have a new mind, an open mind, we understand we are citizens of heaven, not of this earth. Wow. Paul preached the message that the Lord placed in his heart. Some of them rejected his message. Some even mocked him. But verse 34 of our text, it tells us that some believed. Praise the Lord for those who have open minds and open hearts to and, and accept the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. Praise the Lord for those Christians who have the desire to grow in the Word of God. Praise the Lord that even though this, the world is getting, getting farther and farther away from God, some are still believed today. Many people have put their trust on Him for salvation. Folks, this church is full of people with this testimony. They believe in the Word of God. And you being here tonight as a proof of that, you believe in God, you want to serve Him, you want to learn more and more. Listen, I tell you, I've been a, I've been a Christian for 20-some years. Some of you have been longer than me. I didn't arrive yet. I did not. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And in God's Word, it is, it's a lifelong lesson that we can learn many, many lessons from the Lord. Letter it be, we see a diligence to meditate. Just prior to his visit to Mars Hill, Paul has been with a group of people that he described as noble and who searched the scriptures daily. You know what? What a blessing. Look at uh, Acts 17 verse 11. They are not taxed to see. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica that they received the word with readiness of mind. You see, their mind was ready to receive the word. They didn't have a closed mind to say, all right, teach me. I want to learn. I think I know more than you, but they'll go ahead, try me. No, they're, they're with ready of mind. They said, I want to learn what's new here. So, you know, look, it says, it says, and with readiness of mind, and search the scriptures, the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. And so they heard the teaching of Paul, with ready of mind, they understood, they got it, and they said, now let's look at the scriptures, see if this guy is telling the truth. Wow. Isn't that the way we should be as Christians? God's Word is truth. But let me tell you, you're preaching God's Word. Let me tell you if you're teaching the truth. You see, Paul described for us the great things that about the Thessalonica church, about their love, their faith, their commitment to the Lord. They were a great church, but Paul here in Acts eleven seventeen 17, testifies of these people to be more noble than they Keep in mind that they didn't say they were better than they. They were noble because of this study. I personally don't believe in such a thing of that, of here being, that Paul is trying to say that they were better than they. they. didn't say that. Paul is speaking here from a spiritual perspective. They received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. In other words, they wanted to grow. They wanted to continue to mature in the things of God. Get this, a ready mind is a willing mind. A ready mind is an open mind, and a ready mind is a searching mind. Listen, folks, these people search the Scriptures daily. Can such a thing be said of us? Do you search the Scriptures daily? We too should search the Scriptures daily. Let me put it this way. When we begin to read our Bible, either somebody's reading to you or you're reading the Bible, and you begin to like not paying attention to the word stop. Stop! Stop! You say, why should I stop? Because you're not paying attention to God's word. Stop, take a break. Do something, and when you're ready, come again. It's not the amount of words that we read. It's the quality and quantity of what we get. Listen, folks, these people search the scriptures. Do you search the scriptures? We, too, search, search the scriptures daily, not picking and choosing what we want to read, but be students of the word of God Daily, of all people on the earth, Christians should be people who know their Bible. Yeah. Nobody could come to us and say, you know what? Oh, and we go, like, oh, what is it? Sometimes we have to go and say, Okay, let me let me get myself familiar with it because it's been a, a little while since I got in that passage. But it doesn't mean that we don't know what God says. Paul says that these people were noble because they received the word with readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily. Number two, the captured mind proceeds with a, with a, an obedient heart. Obedience is the key ingredient to live the Christian life. You can hear as many sermons as you want, read the Bible as many times as you like, but it all amounts to nothing if your heart is continually disobedient to the Lord. God didn't save us so that we can go continually walking disobedience, or walking on sin continually. Look, actually, good is Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Paul even mentioned this thing in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Look what it says there. What shall we say then? If you pay attention to the verse, there's a question mark there. Shall we continue sin, that grace may abound? That's another question. And he says, he answers the questions, God forbid, how shall we, that are dead to sin, live live any longer therein? You see, he said, you know what? I've been saved. God took me from the cesspools of sin. Now I have a new mind. Why in the world am I going to go back to where I came from? A ready mind is a mind that wants the Lord. It wants his things from the Lord. You see the difference between a, the Christian mind you had made, made new and a mind that belongs in the world that never been transformed? So letter A, we see a, a practice of difference. Not only did these people in verse 34 cleave to Paul's words, but they believed how precious the word the word of God is when we receive with a desire to obey. The Lord's desire is for his children not only to listen or to read his word, which is all good. The Lord's desire is not, is not only for head knowledge so that we can show people how much we know, the Lord's desire is for us to read, study, meditate, and ultimately obey His word. And God says, "If you love Me, keep My commandments." Folks, the truth is that there are there are Christians whose heart's desire is to obey, is to obey the will of God in, his, in the Word of God. But there are many other Christians who have no desire to obey the Lord. They do what they want to do. They live for this world and they have no desire to obey what God says. You say, Pastor, I fall. I fall into sin. I can-. Listen, all of us do fall into sin. Let me tell you when your mom and dad raised you up, you were obedient 100% all the time? Don't tell me yes because I'm going to call you a liar. <laughs> No, you know what? Because we disobey mom and dad. And many times purposely. God is our Heavenly Father. We are His children. And sometimes we don't obey. And sometimes we do it purposely. Knowing what we're doing is wrong. But you know what? God says, If you have a ready mind, you will ask me for forgiveness. And you will forgive us. You know, some people have a, have a hard time with that. One, one guy said to me one time, so, you call yourself a Christian, and you do something wrong, you ask God to forgive you, and that's it? I look at him, I said, yes, that's it. God loves you enough to forgive you. Some, you know, if people say, oh, it's... Because they don't, don't understand. They have a closed mind. They don't understand the love of God. A heart that is obedient to the Lord is a heart that checks... It's living through the Word of God. If we are doing things contrary to the Word of God and justifying those actions in our minds, it doesn't mean that they are right and that they are approved by the Lord. They're just justified by our own minds. Let us look at what James has to say. Go to James chapter 1 verse 22. James chapter 1 verse 22. All the way to verse 25. James even backs up these things for us. Look what it says. But be doers of what? Of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I mean, it's very clear what he says. I love the book of James. Very practical. It says, "But be doers of the word." I mean, obey the word of God and not hearers only. Don't just hear it for hear it. You do what God says. And he says, "If you don't do that, in, I mean, it's like deceiving your own selves." Uh, because if we just listen and we don't do nothing about it, we justify our minds, and guess what we do? We deceive our own selves. And look what it says: "For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like unto a man behold his natural face in the glass." For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgeteth what man of many is, or he was. But who's looking into the perfect, listen, love liberty, and continue therein, he, uh, he being not a forgetful hearing, but a do of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Alright, let's go to letter B. A problem with disobedience. Ephesians chapter 5 verse, verse 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as their children and walk in love as Christ also so loved us and give himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. So folks, uh, disobedience is disobedience and obedience is obedience. Right? The, Lord, the Lord does not want disobedient children. He wants obedient children. What father or mother wants a disobedient child? And you're talking about, you know, correction over and over in the home. Why? Because they're being disobedient. I mean, you know what? There's little children, there's middle children, there's big children, there's still children. And they disobey. So what father is pleased when their child disobey? What father is pleased when the child is rebellious to his teachings? So from the, from, the, from the young toddler who just learned the word no to the older child acting in a willful defiance, all parents face the challenge of disobedient children. And, and at the heart of the matter, is disobedience is, is not just, a, is not just uh, 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 I mean, I'm sorry, at the heart of the matter, disobedience is not just, uh, it, I mean, correcting a child is not what the world says that is child abuse. It's not that. There's many ways to, to correct our children. All right? We have to be careful what society says and how we do it. Okay, So the Bible shows, shows us that we all battle the desire to rule ourselves and to do as we please because we all are born with a sinful way and inclination to rebellious. Not everybody wants to do what the Lord says. Not everybody wants to submit themselves to the Lord. Not everybody wants to do that. One example. Is practical things. God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your strength. And God says, even more, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together as the men of Psalm is. What we do? Many times we purposely don't do those things. And we, will be in, we are being disobedient. So yet when we turn to the Bible, we find great hope in the fact that God gives the tools to train and discipline us. Do we need to be disciplined? Yes. Do we need to live in obedience? Yes. Sometimes I hear people say, God doesn't speak to my heart anymore. I must be the preacher, uh, I must be the preacher for he, he is not, doing his job because if he did the Lord will just speak to me my friends the problem is not the preacher my my friends the problem is not the word of God the problem is the heart of the recipients when the person says God doesn't speak to me anymore. I go to church and the preacher doesn't speak to me anymore. When he preaches, nothing comes into my heart. Let me tell you this. The problem is not the word of God. The problem is not the preaching of God's word. The problem is the heart of the recipient. The problem lies within us most of the time. When a heart consists in disobeying the Lord, the Word of God, uh, and we go on with confessing before the Lord. The Bible says that the Lord will not listen, not even our prayers. what Lord says in Psalm 66, 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. See, the truth is that the Lord isn't going to show you new truth until you obey the old truth. If I teach my children to ride their bikes, on the proper side of the road, and they disobey me and ride whatever they want to ride, do you think I'm going to learn to let them ride my car or drive my car when they get older? Probably not. Why? Because if they don't obey me in the old things, how can they go obey me in the new things? Back to basics. That's where we need to go, back to basics. God isn't going to show our specifics of His Word, if we will continue to disobey Him, have you ever have you uh, obeyed the last message that the, the, that you heard from the Lord? Look what it says, James four seventeen. Therefore, to him to know it to do good and do it it not to him is sin. Folks, we can justify it. We can make believe that we have nothing against the Lord. We can even think that we are are the best people in the world. But the truth is the Word of God. And if we disobey the Word of God, we are living contrary to what God is telling us. Sometimes we think if we obey the Word of God and live by the Word of God, we would be the most miserable people on earth. Is that true? Oh, I'm missing out on things. Really? Who's missing out is those who call us close-minded. How was your weekend? That's tomorrow at work. How was your weekend? Great. What did you do? I went to church. You go to church? Yeah. That's a closed mind right there. And, and I let them go. Go. They come to me. They come visit me all the time. I was like, my desk is like the popular place for everybody to come to me. And, you know, and the, oh, so um, the only thing you did to go to church? I said, well, I had a wonderful time. Why don't you come and see? When was church a happy place? It's a boring place to go. Why they talk like that? Because they don't understand. They have a closed mind. Mm -hmm. Then I go, what did you do yesterday? After all that thing, you turn it around, they go, what did you do yesterday? Most of them, I got drunk. Whoo! that's good. That's really good. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? So the next day you wake up, you have a headache, your stomach goes upside down, and you, you can't even work. You're nauseous, and uh, oh, it's great! I mean, it's <laughs> it is great. I mean, you know, how you know all that? I got saved. I was 32 years old. I know this stuff. You know, they're not going to teach me any new trick because I know them all. They're not looking like you did good, right? You're going to have a great day today, you know? And through the day, I go, "How you doing?" Oh, this is awful. Oh, see, you told me that I don't have fun. You had a lot of fun, didn't you? You see, then they go around and say you have a closed mind. Do I? Oh, folks. You know, we see the results of that type of living, lifestyle, drugs, alcohol, and I can go on and on and on. What it does in the lives of people. But we tell them the truth. I'm all set. And they say to you, you guys are closed minded people. You guys close yourselves in the church. That's the most boring place to be. Really? Why don't you come and see? One guy said to me, I don't mention any names, that's why I say a guy. If I go to church, the walls will fall down. I said, no, the walls won't fall down you probably will get on your knees, but the walls won't fall down. And he looks at me, and like, I'm telling you, if you come to church, you might understand who you are, and what you need to do, and how much God loves you. Don't preach to me. I'm not preaching, I'm just talking to you. You ask me. I always say to them, I didn't start the conversation, you guys come here purposely to ask me, how's my Sunday? Telling you how's my Sunday. And you guys don't like what I say. I said, What well, I'm gonna to lie to you? Well, I went to the house of the Lord. To the to him that knoweth to do good and do it not to him is sin. And the Bible has much to say about obedience. In fact, obedience is an essential part of the Christian faith. Jesus himself was obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Philippians 2.8 For Christian, the act of taking up our cross. And following Jesus. Means obedience. The Bible says that we show our love for Jesus. By obeying him in all things. If you love me. Keep my commandments. John chapter 14 verse 15. A Christian who is obedient. Uh, uh, who is not obeying Christ's command. Can, can rightly be asked. Why do you call, call me Lord, Lord. And do not the things that I say. Luke chapter six verse forty six. So obedience is defined as a and is a submissive compliance to the commands of our authority, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are on. He is our chief commander. He says, "Do this." He say, "Lord, how high do you want me to jump?" Amen. He's our commanding chief. Because remember, we were bought with a price. Amen. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Him. Right. So. Let's go to our last point tonight. The captured mind culminates ownership. a captured mind culminates ownership, and we see this in the in the end of, of verse seventeen of acts chapter thirty four it says among which was the and whatever the name is, and a woman named Demarius, and others with them. Sometimes we don't know the same, say so whatever the name is. So these two converts from the preaching of Mars Hill did not seem that, that significant. They certainly not uh, not household names of faith. We don't mention these names very very much. But look at the last the last the end of the verse. It says, "and others with them." So as many other people, we received the truth and believed. What, interesting, uh, what is interesting here is that the last phrase of the verse, the others with them, uh, we see this woman, we see this man open their minds to the truth, obey the truth, and now own, and, and now own in such a way that to make an impact on others. Folks, we, aren't, we are possessors of truth. We know the truth. Why don't we tell the truth? And we say, somebody uh, listens. Okay. You can not convince people, but it doesn't mean you won't tell the truth. All right. Let's say you're a teacher. All right. And then you give them a math test in your class. Two plus two is four. Simple, basic math. And your students go, I don't accept that. 2 plus 2 is 44. Children, 2 plus 2 is 4. No, 2 plus 2 is 44. All right, who has the truth? The teacher. Who's not accepting the truth? The students. So the teacher comes to class and says, oh, well, kids, I heard your voices. I understand what you say. From now on, 2 plus 2 is 44. 44. You see what we're doing? We're going to tell them what is not true. We are possessors of the truth, so let's tell them that Jesus saves. And keep that way because it's the truth, isn't it? Salvation is by faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. Let's keep it that way. When nobody listens, that's okay. Keep preaching. Keep telling the same truth because that is the truth. So let's go here, letter A, and that last point. It says, the process of a changed mind. When a brainwash truly takes place, this is eventually what happens. The Word of God changes the mind, uh, so the wrong things of the past are replaced by new thinking. God washes our minds and put new things in there. Isn't that wonderful? There's a lot of people brainwashing people with the wrong things. And God says, let me tell you what, I have my word which is truth. Let me wash you up. Amen. You want to understand why God says you become whiter than snow? Inside and out? He wash you clean. So the process of a change, my number one, keep keeping, our, keeping God's word close to your heart. This book of the Lord should not depart out of your mouth. Number two, meditating on God's word. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That's Joshua 1.8. Practicing God's word that, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is therein. Joshua 8, Look what it says in Joshua eight, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Now, don't be like some preachers that are saying, you're going to have a lot of money be rich if you do those things. That's not what it says. Okay, so putting the word of God, uh, the words of the Lord into practice on everyday life, that's what we need to do. Let it be the permanence of a cleansed mind. God doesn't need to wash our brain out out with, with I'm sorry, God, um, does God, I'm sorry, need to wash our brain with a good soap bath in order for us to think right and to be free from the filthiness of sin? In order for us to live in obedience to the Lord, we must place the wrong, we must place the wrong with the right. Replace the wrong with the right. We must replace the wrong with the right. You know, we got the truth, we have the truth, and I believe the more we read the truth, the more the wrong comes out of our minds. We're replacing with truth. So the student that says, for Two plus two is forty-four. Takes that thing out of their mind and say, "Well, okay, I got the truth. Two plus two is what? 4. <laughs> oh, I have a no contrary. I have a story. I when, uh, when I was doing when I was doing my G.D. Uh, many years ago, the teacher came out with a math uh, uh, quiz in the board, and we were sitting down. I mean, I always. Pretty good and mad. And I look at the teacher and she looks at me. She said, what's wrong? And everybody knew, teacher, you have one number wrong in there. And she would not admit. And she gave us that face and she was stubborn. I said, I said ma'am, that problem is wrong. That's, that's the result. The end result total is that. She went home and the next day she apologized to us because she noticed in a quiet of, of the home, she understood that she was wrong. Listen. When you do a math, th- a math quiz, or whatever, one number messes up the whole thing. One number it is enough to mess up the whole thing. So, when when the mind changes, every member of our body will change as well. We need to stop allowing the filthiness of this world to continue, continue to contaminate, or continue to continue to contaminate our mind, and allow the words of Scripture to change our mind. You know, let me put it this way, because when the heart and the mind changes, clean actions, clean words, good behavior or behavior will change as well. Somebody asked me this week at work, why don't you ever swear? I said, I don't have to. But we do it all the time, so I'm glad you admit that you do it all the time, because that's exactly what you do. But why don't you ever do We Do it in front of you. Or do you never do anything? You know why? My mind's been cleaned. I don't have to speak that way. Luke says in John fifteen three, "Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you." You see, a lot of so-called open minds ought to be closed for cleaning. You know, like my car right now. My car needs a deep cleaning inside and out. <laughs> There's nothing that comes to your mind that cannot be controlled by the Spirit of God. We need to clean our lives sometimes, our minds, of wrong thinking, wrong thoughts, and put the good thoughts of God's word. Look what it says in Psalm one nineteen, verse nine. With all shall a young man clean, cleanse his ways by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. And it goes and says in verse ten, my With my whole heart I have sought thee. O let me not wander away from thy commandments. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I conclude with this. When someone calls you one of those brainwashed Christians, take that as a compliment instead of getting angry and frustrated with them. Praise the Lord that your mind has been changed Praise the Lord that your mind has been washed from the filthiness of sin. Praise the Lord you have been saved and you now can see clear because you took a good bath. I conclude with this. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. What a great, great, wonderful verse to teach us to put those thoughts in that captivity. Take it out of our minds. You know, by doing that, we will live godly lives. We have peace within our hearts, and we go praising the Lord each day. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Help us to control our minds, Lord. Help us to be willing to allow you to control our minds with the very Word of God. I pray for each person here tonight. Bless them, help them in their walk with you, and those who are online as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please, we're going to sing a song tonight as we close our service. And is Abdayunwe Lord, page 485. Abdayunwe.
0: Have thy own way, Lord, have thy own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. me and try me, Master, today, whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now.
1: house with god's people thank you lord for our salvation thank you lord that you are you washed our minds from the filthiness of this world
0: help us lord to stay close to you to be obedient to you in jesus name i pray